I'm Hillary. I'm Emily. And we're, we're the, the Sirens. Sirens. Today we are talking about the movie An American in Paris, which I had never seen before, and Emily had. I, I had at least seen parts of it, but nothing that recently. But I'm a big Gene Kelly fan, so... So we watched American Paris. <laughs> well, there's a lot to say. <laughs> we have a lot to say about this movie. Um, but we're going to start with the um, uh, just a brief synopsis of it for... Um, uh, so it, um, an American Paris is is the story of an American World War II veteran named Jerry Mulligan, who's played by Gene Kelly, who is now an exuberant expatriate in Paris, trying to make a reputation as a painter. His friend and neighbor Adam Cook, um, who's played by um, Oscar Levant, is a struggling concert pianist who is also a longtime associate of a famous French singer named Henri Borel, who is played by Georges um, Guattari. Um, and those characters are all important um, to the plot of the story. Um, a lonely society woman and heiress named Milo Roberts, who is played by Nina Falk, um, finds Jerry displaying his art on the street and takes an interest in him and his art. Um, she brings him to her apartment to pay for his work and invites him to a dinner party later that night, which is actually, it turns out, a date. He insists um, he's not actually a paid escort, um, and she insists, on the other hand, that she's only interested in, in his art. They head to a um, crowded bar to have actually have their date, um, and there Jerry is immediately taken with um, Lisa Bouvier, who is played by Leslie Caron, um, a French girl who is seated at the next table. Romance of a certain kind and a, <laughs> a rousing Gershwin score um, ensue. Sue, do you want to share any trivia related to this movie, Emily? Yes, there's a lot, and I may have gone overboard on the trivia, <laughs> but I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, so the director of this movie was Vincent Minnelli, and he's the only one who got credit for directing. But actually, he was going through a really messy divorce with Judy Garland at the time of this movie. So Gene Kelly actually did a lot of the directing and was just uncredited. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. Yeah, <laughs> and with the, with the staging. And Gene Kelly, like his primary occupation was really choreographer. And the whole way that it's staged, it totally makes sense. Um, the 17-minute dance sequence at the end of the film took a month to make and cost half a million dollars, which was, like, unheard of at that time. Yeah, you can totally see that, too. Yes. <laughs> um, so Gene Kelly, quote-unquote, discovered Leslie Caron while he was vacationing in Paris with his then-wife. He saw her perform in the ballet. I think she was only 17. Because she's only 19 in, when this movie was filmed. Um, or 20. He went back a year later to look for a partner for this movie and remembered her and... Uh, got her to audition for it. She actually did speak English at the time, but it somehow did not hurt her role because she doesn't actually say much in the movie if you pay attention to it. And she's more of a dancer. So that that worked out. He was 38 and she was only 19, like you said. So that's like a huge age difference. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> um, she... Despite the fact that she was a very gifted dancer, she had suffered from malnutrition during World War II in France, so she actually could not keep up with the rigorous filming schedule 
uh, that they had for this movie, and she could only work every other day because it was so exhausting. Um, Oscar Levant, who was actually my favorite yes. in this movie, <laughs> who played the pianist, was actually... He, he's actually more known as a pianist than a composer in real life. And he was a friend of George Gershwin, which was how they got him to do this role. Um, so Arthur Freed originally only wanted to buy Gershwin's American in Paris, which is what they did the final dance to. But Ira Gershwin is a shrewd businessman, and he said, we'll only sell it to you if all the rest of the songs are also Gershwin songs. So this is an all Gershwin movie, which I, for one, am fine with. <laughs> <laughs> um, the songs aren't the problem in this movie. The, the songs and the dancing are what make this movie good. In the George Guterri, is that how you say it? You speak French. Uh, I said gu- Guterri, but... Guterri. Um, in his, Americanizing it. He did the only sort of traditional show tune... Uh, number in it with the showcase to paradise where he walks up a staircase and there's all these showgirls well um gene kelly said that the hardest thing he had to do in the entire film was teach him how to climb the steps while performing without falling down um which doesn't surprise me because I love Gene Kelly as a dancer, very handsome man also, but um, really has a reputation for being kind of a slave driver and like very critical of other people because he's such a perfectionist. So would not want to have to dance in one of his movies or do any sort of performing. Um, And the last piece of trivia I have that this was Gene Kelly's favorite of all the musicals he was in. That tells you so much about Gene Kelly. I think it does, yes. (laughs) Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about Gene Kelly um, and who he was? I could talk about him <laughs> at length. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, Emily. He's a fellow Pennsylvanian. Oh, really? He's from Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. He was the son of a phonograph salesman, so he grew up around music. And when he was eight, his mother enrolled him and his brother in dance classes, but the neighborhood kids made fun of them and beat them up for doing it, said they were sissies, so he stopped. Um, Then he signed up for sports, and he became a great athlete, and when he went back to dance as a teenager, he was kind of able to stick up for himself. But, I mean, that shows that he really didn't get much professional training until he was in high school, which is surprising to me. Um, He went to Penn State for college, but then there was the market crash of 1929, so he had to drop out to work and help his family. And he created dance routines with his younger brother to earn prize money in local contests, and they performed in nightclubs, which I think is such a cool way to, like, earn money to help your family. (laughs) It's not like you're in the factory. (laughs) I'm dancing in the nightclub. Um, He later enrolled at the University of Pittsburgh and became involved in theater there, And while he was there, his family opened a dance studio, and he taught there while he was a student and developed a local reputation as a good dancer and choreographer. So in 1937, he moved to New York and tried to get work as a choreographer, but couldn't find any. And then he had to move back to Pittsburgh, work there as a choreographer for longer, develop more of a reputation, and make connections. And then he was able to go back to New York and kind of get a start. 
His first big breakthrough was in the Pulitzer Prize winning The Time of Your Life on Broadway in 1939, and he danced his own choreography in that. And then in 1940, he got the lead role in Rodgers and Hart's Pal Joey and became a theater star at that point. Um, and he had a reputation for hard work and perfectionism, and co-stars would report that he would sometimes rehearse for 16 hours straight, like oh just dance for 16 hours. And it would appear perfect to everyone else, but he would still find areas for improvement in himself. Um, he went to Hollywood to work for MGM, and his first movie in 1942 was For Me and My Gal, starring alongside Judy Garland, who was already a big star. Um, I've seen that movie. It's good, but also has problematic gender politics. And their chemistry wasn't great, I didn't think, but I mean, you can't really do anything about that. Um, it, that movie was a big success. He did a number of other musicals, and then he enlisted in the U.S. Navy in 1944. And he was a lieutenant junior stationed in Washington, D.C., doing photographic work, which I'm not totally sure what that means for the <laughs> Navy, but he was involved in writing and directing a range of documentaries, and that's how he got interested more in like the production side of movies. Uh, in 1945, he starred in Anchors Away with Frank Sinatra, which was about the military experience, and he won the Academy Award for Best Actor. And he starred in a ton of other well-received musicals, including Zigfield Follies with Fred Astaire on the town and An American in Paris, which won Best Picture. Um, his culminating work was arguably Singing in the Rain, for which he served as co-director, lead star, and choreographer. And it won the Academy Award for Best Picture also. Um, the decline of the movie musicals really hurt his career, sort of like as you get further into the 1950s, they were going mm. more out of favor. Um, and he also had a strained relationship with the studio, MGM, which also hurt him. But he eventually left MGM and continued to work in stage and film, and he got more involved in television later. Um, I also read that he had been offered the opportunity to direct the movie Sound of Music, and what? he called it a piece of shit, basically, <laughs> and turned it down. <laughs> oh my God. Which would have been such a different movie if he directed it. There would have been more dancing in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he died in 1996 in Beverly Hills at age 83 from uh, complications from a stroke. So... Gene Kelly. I know. Lived a long, healthy life. It's got to be all that damn. The 16-hour rehearsal. That's right. We should all dance for 16 hours a day. Um, do you have any biography you'd like to share? Yes. So I wanted to... I was interested in um, Nina Fock, who I had never seen before or heard of before, but um, there's a lot of interesting, like, additional people in this movie, like like Oscar Levant, um, you mentioned, and Leslie Karen. Um but um, I, when I looked up Lisa Fox just to, like, see who this, like, tall blonde lady was, um, I realized that um, I was, it was a little bit surprising that I had, had no idea who she was. So she is Dutch-American. Um, she was actually born in the Netherlands um, and later worked on film and stage and television. Um, she signed a contract 
uh, with Columbia um, Pictures at age 19, um, and her first roles um, were all um, in Columbia's horror movies, and then um, in film noir, um, but then she later established herself as a leading lady um, in the 1940s um, through the 1950s. Um, she often played roles that were very similar to um, Milo Robert, Roberts in this in American in Paris, um, sort of cool, aloof, um, sophisticates. Um, she worked for over six decades, um, including 50 feature films and over 100 television appearances. She um, she she received a nomination for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for the. Um, the movie Executive Suite, which stars William Holden, Frederick March, and Barbara Stanwyck. Um, and then she was also in Spartacus in 1960 with Kirk Douglas and Laurence Olivier. Um, she plays like a terrible woman in that movie. Um, and then in 1961, she guest starred in the NBC series um, The Americans, which is about the American Civil War. Um, she also <laughs> was the first victim um, in uh, Peter Fox Columbo um, series, she oh. played the victim in the um, the movie that was the pilot for that series. I haven't seen it, so I don't know how <laughs> soon it, within in it she dies. But <laughs> going back to her roots. <laughs> um, but then she, in the '60s, she also appeared in the NBC game show Your First Impression, um, and then. Um, did additional TV stuff um, from like up until 2007. Um, she also taught drama at the American Film Institute and at the University of California School of Cinematic Arts. She was actually on that faculty at the school for 40 years um, and, and taught up until her death in 2008. Um, How old was she when she died? Um, like, like 85 or something. Um, <laughs> she her first marriage was to James Lipton, who, if you watch Inside the Actors Studio, that's the that's the host. <laughs> oh. Um, and then she was married two other times and had um and one had one child, but then she died in two thousand eight. So. I could totally see her in film noir. Yeah, totally the like cool blonde. Yeah. And she has kind of like sharp features, which I feel like would play well in that. Yeah, I wasn't surprised that she was in a movie with Barbara Stanwyck. She seems to have (laughs) a lot of the same (laughs) characteristics. Um, So yeah, so should we get into it? I think I think we maybe better ought to. Um, So you've seen this before, did you? But it's been a while. What what stood out to you this time? Well. I did have a memory that I did not like the gender politics of the movie. <laughs> what is there to like of the gender <laughs> politics of this movie? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, it, uh, yeah, the thing that I remembered from what, seeing this when I was young that bothered me then was how aggressively Gene Kelly pursues... Lisa, and she keeps telling him to leave her alone, and he just ignores her. And he never does, yeah. And then the end result is that she says, oh, wait, I'm in love with you. Yeah. Which is the worst message you could send to any audience ever, I think. Yeah. That really, really bothered me. Um, Yeah. 
I also, one thing that I did not remember from watching it before was that sort of introduction of Lisa's character where um, Henri is describing her and then um, Oscar's character is like, oh, so she's a vixen or she's she's bookish or she's modest. And, and like, I could see why that scene was interesting to film dance-wise, yeah. but it just really annoyed <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like okay all the stereotypes that of a like a girl um because we can't be complex we can only be one thing right <laughs> right god forbid we would both be be like bookish and also carefree and also like masters of our own bodies um another thing that struck me was that i loved the song that they did about three-quarter time. Uh-huh. I thought that was great. I, I actually really liked the Henri character. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was kind of weird that he was dating this, like, little girl who he was the guardian of for a while, but um, I thought he was a great singer. I thought he was a better singer than Gene Kelly. Yeah. Uh, and it, some of the, the scenes where they sang together or they were performing with Oscar playing the piano. I thought those were some of the best ones, just in terms of like chemistry and the dynamic. Yeah. So I don't know what was striking to you as a new viewer. Um, I mean, just uh, some of the same things that you mentioned that like he, you know, sees her at the nightclub and like goes up to her and, and says like, oh, I haven't seen you in such a long time. And she's like, I don't know who you are. And then she like, he goes and says, you know, like, let's dance. And she's like, I don't want to. And he pulls her onto the dance floor and she says, I would like to go back to my friends and now. And she said, and he says, no. And then, you know, he finally lets her go and then she tries to give him a fake phone number and the uh, other guy on the at the table is like no you have your phone number wrong and so and then he shows up at the perfumery and she says i'm not <laughs> like what i mean that's how many ways can you say no i mean this, what's scary i guess about the, that is that like that still happens like that's oh, perfectly yeah. acceptable today I was just talking to a friend about this and how in real life it all like that kind of behavior does work some like you like yeah. I've seen it work on people and it is amazing like basically you just wear someone down yeah. and it's horrifying it's terrible <laughs> oh so yeah um that was that was bad um yeah I I actually liked the opening where you see Gene Kelly's tiny little apartment where, like, the bed pulls up to the ceiling. Yeah, I like, loved that whole sequence. Um, it made me want a tiny house. Yeah. And what I, li- I liked the, like, the set of it and also that it was a dance. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of neat. Yeah, a lot of the singing and dancing that just kind of happens in the cafe and in the streets, like, I liked... The I've Got Rhythm number with the children. I thought that was really cute. Oh, I love that it was in Franglais. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. And, um, yeah, Gene Kelly, I mean, the dancing, his dancing in this is just fantastic. Yeah. Like, the technique and everything. It, it, you know, he was great. 
Um, but you just, you don't really like him. Like, I wasn't rooting for him in this movie. No. I was very confused when when he shows up at Lisa's shop and she kind of, like, laughs at one of his jokes and she's like, okay, I'll meet you. Because I didn't remember exactly how the plot went and I thought, oh, I bet she's going to blow him off and, like, not show up or something. But then she shows up and seems interested. And right. I was like, why are you interested in this asshole? And then the whole time they're spending time together, neither of them shares anything about themselves. So I don't understand what this relationship is built on. Right. Like, they're kind of, they're just attracted to each other? I don't know. Right, so they just walk around holding hands and kissing in, like... <laughs> But only next to the canal and yeah. the, the river. and I mean, granted, the canal looked very charming. Okay. <laughs> but, sure. But you can't base a whole relationship on atmosphere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. What did you think? What did you think about Milo Roberts, that character? Um, the Nina Fock character. Uh, I had a lot of issues with that also. I mean, there was part <laughs> of me that was like, it's great that she has money and, like, is, like, why does it bother you that I would, you know, pick up the check? And, you know, I, I thought that was great. But then, like, the message was, you know, no, we're not going to someplace where you can go. You can pay for for it. You're just a woman. I have to pay for it. So we have to go to some slummy place. And then there was some line at the end of the movie where... Um, where Oscar Levant's character says, women act like men and want to be treated like a woman. And I, like... <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I'm done with this movie. <laughs> it's, like the, it's, it's like the title of that Steve Harvey book, Act Like a... Think Like a Man, Act Like a Lady, or something like that. And I'm just like, no, people are still, like, parroting this crap. <laughs> totally. But, totally. Um, I mean, in a way... I liked her character because she was strong and had agency and went after what she wanted, but I did, like, they, at one point they had a fight, and it seemed like, oh, that's the end of that, and then she just shows, shows up. up. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, like, sorry about my tiff. Like, that, and I was it's like, not no. my <laughs> <laughs> It's like, no, you were right. Walk away from this douchebag. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my god. Um, so, yes. Um, what is the actual plot of this movie? By the time I got to the end of the movie and the 17 minute dance scene, like, <laughs> is there actually a plot to this movie or is it just like boy meets girl, falls in love with girl, forces this girl to be in love with him? Meanwhile, like, is a jerk to every woman that he encounters, including the woman who's like forcing him to actually do his job. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and then he has this, like, fantasy that the woman that he loves isn't marrying this other guy, and then and then she comes back. That's the thing. The, the ending is so bizarre to this movie. Okay, let, let's, let's just revisit this, because Lisa, they're, they're at the art student ball, which looked like a lot of fun. I, I would go to that party. Um, Lisa leaves with Henri, and they're supposed to be going to America and getting married, and... They just zoom in on Gene Kelly's face holding a rose really, really close. And then there's the 17-minute dance sequence. And at the end of that, you see you zoom out from his face <laughs> and you see Lisa getting out of the car, running back up the steps, and them embracing. And that is the end. 
There is, they never address, like, is he having an art show? Is it successful? <laughs> what happened between her and Henri? What are they going to do now? Right. Oh, my God. What happens with Milo? He just, I like, know, but what happens with Oscar? What happens with... I've, Milo is still at the party. Crazy <laughs> 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 movie. I mean, what I think might have happened, I don't know if they, in what order they filmed the scenes, but... This is just my conjecture. But based on the fact that it, they almost ran out of money to fill that 17-minute dance sequence. <laughs> they were like, end. we're out of money, we're out of time. Yeah. It was like, the end here, no costume changes, that is it. <laughs> so, yes. I, 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 when it ended, I was like, what? And I actually was interested, the subplot of him trying to make it as an artist did interest me, although I, I didn't think his paintings looked good. Did you think his paintings looked good? No, I did not. But although she only paid fifty bucks per painting, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wanted to know what happened. Like, does he do the art show? Yeah. Like if because if he runs if he goes to and is now with Lisa, presumably Milo is no longer going to be his patroness. So does the art show happen? happen? Does he even care about it? Because it doesn't seem like he really cared about it. No. Because, you know, here's this here's this lady who's, you know, willing to pay for him to actually get some painting done and have a good studio. And He seemed almost offended. Like, she was like, here, you're going to have an art show, your dream. And he was like, no, I can't do that. I know. <laughs> Let me roll my eyes audibly. He um, just seemed more like an expat ne'er-do-well who was bumming around Paris than a serious artist to me. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think... The one thing that I did like about this movie is is the dramatic irony that comes from... This is totally shifting gears because <laughs> this is the only thing that I liked. Um, that comes from, at the beginning, with that scene where... Leslie Karen is dancing all the these different like adjectives of a woman, so we know who she is. So we we know that 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 Leslie Karen plays the girl that that um, Henri loves. So that when um, Gene Kelly runs into Leslie Karen in the bar, we automatically know that there's going to be conflict because he falls in love with someone that like is already in a relationship with somebody else in the movie. So we know that before any of the characters in the movie. And then there's that glorious moment when Oscar Levant's character figures it out, and he knows it before the other two guys know it. And so, he, you know, like, they have that, they sing It's Wonderful yeah. together about the same woman, and it's this, like, great song and a great duet, but, like, here's, you know, Adam, the pianist, going, oh, my God, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> And then, um, and it's only, you know, much later, when practically the end of the film, that, like, they both figure out that um, they love the same woman. Um, and that was one thing that I thought was really lovely about this movie, was that, like, the way that it's revealed, first to the audience, and then to, like, a side character. Yeah, I, I did think that was really great, and I thought that made that... Swonderful's marvelous number even better because it was so it was so comical the way they were like clutching their chests and like gazing off yeah. like romantically into the distance and then you know that 
they are in love with the same person. Also, when um, Henri was giving Jerry advice about yeah. how to win the girl, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, one scene that absolutely just like made no sense in the movie, and I wanted to <laughs> see... Do you know what I'm going to talk about? No, but I, I can think of so many examples. <laughs> the... The Oscar scene where they just, he's just lying there smoking a cigarette and they zoom in on his face and he's picturing an orchestra and and he's the pianist and the conductor and everyone in the orchestra. But it's not just, it does nothing to advance the plot. It is out of nowhere. And it's not just a moment. They do like a whole song. Yeah. I wonder if that was just because they, like, because they bought all, all those songs to go in, like, maybe they bought a certain number of songs and there's no way to include this particular song. And if he was a famous pianist, then they maybe wanted to, like, focus on him for just a second because he was famous. I mean, I guess it would be like, like, now if... Like in the movie Hidden Figures, you know, Janelle Monae had like a song in the middle of it, not because it has anything to do with the plot, but because <laughs> Janelle Monae is in it, and why wouldn't you have her sing? Um, I don't know if she just. <laughs> I was going to say, does she sing? I don't know. Dating this podcast episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, just because because they could, rather, you know, it's like, yeah, it has nothing to do with the plot at all. It's kind of bizarre. And it was like a totally different tone from the rest of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it was. It, it was just very jarring. And I thought they were going to do something else with it. Or I mean, there was no reason for us to even, the, for the camera to even be focused on him in that moment. And the, yeah. Although I did read, I didn't say this in the trivia part, that um, some people think that that sequence was a tribute to a Buster Keaton movie where he... Uh has a similar bit that he's playing all of the instruments, instruments but and that's unconfirmed but that's a real commitment to this <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did you think of the final big dance number um, I it was long I mean that was the main thing that I was like I would like this movie to be over <laughs> I, or I was like I, at some point I realized like, in, in the dance number, like, 12 minutes into it, I was like, oh, there's only five minutes left of this movie, and there's only, there's, and this dance number is not wrapping up. Like, we're done with the plot. Mm-hmm. It's just the movie, the dance number now. I mean, it was, excuse me, it was interesting to, I mean, it was beautiful, and the staging of it was nice, but I, you know, set a 17-minute dance number in a movie that is less than two hours long. Well, that's so Gene Kelly, too, because you've seen Singing with the Rain. Singing the Rain. There's singing a, with the Rain. Singing with the Rain. <laughs> <laughs> rain does percussion. <laughs> um, because there's a huge sort of awkward dance number towards the end of that, like whole gotta dance thing, like gotta oh, yeah. dance. I think it's that he was really interested in modernism. Yeah. And then he he was, like, you could tell that the visuals were just very important to him, and he, and he cared more about them than the plot. Yeah. So, yeah. Actually, in some ways, if, if it had sort of just ended with him imagining that, it might have 
been a better plot. <laughs> yeah, because then nothing is wrapped up instead yeah. of, like, well, just one plot point is wrapped up. Like he, and, and he would have not gotten the girl. It could have implied that he went forward with his art show or something, yeah. and it wouldn't have... It would have seemed a little more realistic, maybe. You're yeah. a lovely picture, okay. beautiful girl. You're a gorgeous mixture of all and life. What did you think about the costumes? The costumes were great. Yeah. I thought. Um, I particularly liked Lisa's costumes. Mm-hmm. I really liked her outfit when she was working in the perfume shop with all black and the scarf. Yeah. I liked the white with sort of like black vest. Yeah. They really embraced that gamine kind of vibe with her. But in, in another sense, that was almost bad because she already was so much younger than all yeah. the men. That she looked like a, a kid instead yeah. of like just barely legal. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. And I also noticed like... One thing that bothered me, and I know this was just the style at the time, but Gene Kelly's pants were so big. I know. I know. <laughs> they were just, I was like, we want to see his legs. He's dancing. I know. Although there is, I forget which number it is where he's wearing those yellow pants and he's like, he's like swiveling his hips a lot. So he's swiveling his yellow butt. Right? <laughs> yeah, in the 17 minute dance number, he wore some some other types of pants that, like, you could see the moves better. But his regular costumes, yeah. they were not great. Well, what did you think? Um, I mean, the, like, all of the dance costumes I thought were really great. Like, the the women in the dance number, or the the show tune um, that Henri sings, um, you know, these, like, elaborate dresses, that, like, in red and white and... I thought those were amazing. Um, and that dress that um, that Milo wears at the beginning, that white dress that, oh, yeah. you know, she, he says, um, what's holding it up? And she says, modesty. Which I was like, <laughs> she has a shoulder strap. Yeah. <laughs> a shoulder strap that's holding it up. But I thought it was a neat, it was a neat dress. Um, although I don't, I don't know. It seems, well, it was funny to see, like, then this white, this nice white dress at this, like, Crummy little nightclub, but um, yeah. she had a lot of fabulous outfits. She had like a really pretty robe at one point too. Yeah. yeah. So it was neat to have the juxtaposition of the two female characters um, and their outfits. Yes, because Lisa, her outfits were pretty simple, mm-hmm. and and then Milo's were like. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the outfits of a rich heiress. Yes. <laughs> of suntan oil. <laughs> I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. So, did you feel there were any social no. justice themes? No. I have an argument for one. No. <laughs> yes. Well, it was mentioned that the reason... Lisa is with oh, Henri. Yeah. The French Resistance. Yes, because her parents were in the Resistance, and she stayed with him to protect her when she was a child. Yeah, I had some questions about that because, um, I so 
the story of this movie was written for this movie, right? It wasn't written before this. I, I think it was written for the movie. Okay. Because, because like, the early 60s is an, is an interesting time for, like, the French people dealing with the resistance and people's roles in the resistance. It wasn't until the mid-60s that people were like, yeah, not everybody was in the resistance. So... Like, to, to me, this is, like, a vestige of this post-war, like, oh, yeah, anybody who lived, any French person who lived in France during World War II, they totally resisted the, you know, the occupiers and the Vichy um, yeah. government, and so it's this, like, it wasn't so much a social justice thing as a, like, interesting, uh, like, artifact of, um, like, French consciousness. Of course, it's an American movie, but, yeah. like... Um, I think generally the like the generally accepted um, idea about French resistance was that like that was just something everybody did. Nobody liked the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know who was working with that Vichy government. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an interesting point. Well, I do know that Gene Kelly was really obsessed with French culture, so he probably was just like everyone was great in France, and no one we was complicit. Yeah. Um, hey, I think so, there were like one or two people of color in the children dance scene, maybe, but that was it. Yeah, because there's no people of color in France. No, <laughs> there are no people of color in Paris. <laughs> Certainly not in the Marais, where he like, mentioned briefly at the beginning. I've been living my own life, making my own decisions for a long while now. It's impossible to go back to being treated like a child again. I don't think I'll do anything of importance that will displease you. But, Mother, from now on, you must give me complete freedom. What do you think about the Bechdel test? I, I don't think you can make any argument that this movie passes. Were there actually ever two women talking to I don't think there movie? were. No, I think it was just the, like, <laughs> I mean, in, in the party scene, do Lisa and Milo meet each other? Oh, I think they do meet each other, but... I don't think that counts as a conversation. No. I probably just the men were like, this is the so-and-so, this is so-and-so. And they, like, nod their heads. Yeah. Women don't need to speak. Yeah, uh, the, this movie does not pass the Bechdel test. It is male-centered, and it <laughs> eroticizes and sees the women as other and is just... Horribly anti-feminist. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good movie. <laughs> well, I, I have to say that I definitely have a bias in fa- like towards this movie in that I just love Gershwin music. I yeah. love it, like listen to it every single day of my life. That is not an exaggeration. So getting to hear that and see the beautiful dance numbers makes this movie like doable for me but like that's why when we arranged to watch this I was like oh I've seen a lot of parts of it because I think I've just watched like a bunch of the dance numbers oh yeah (laughs) and then I'm like this movie's great yeah (laughs) well yeah I mean I think what is nice about this movie is that it's such a product of its time that like the end that there is so much of France in it that like it has great music like great like allusions to France and and so those are nice, but then, like, what goes with it is the the terrible, like, gender. 
Yeah. Weird things. Weird May December romance. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not going to recognize them. No. (laughs) Oh, another piece of trivia that I had was that the actor who played Henri is actually younger than Gene Kelly. But his character was supposed to be older than him, so they made him dye his hair gray, which looked oh, super fake in the it movie. It totally looked fake. So, yeah, because I was like, you are actually a more appropriate age to be with than, than this young former soldier who is not living. Right. Well, and even with that, like, even with that weird, like, guardianship, rom- like, role that he's supposed to play, he he still seems less creepy than Gene Kelly, because at least they, like, they clearly have a relationship that's based on, like, you know, like, taking care of each other mm-hmm. before he's like, you should marry me and move to the United States. Um, yeah, and, and I actually liked that in that part of the movie where Henri gets offered this American tour. He says, I can't accept it before talking to my partner because that's what you do when you're in a relationship. You like it's you don't stalk a person and force them to do things that they don't want to do. That's not what you do in your relationship. That's what I do in mine. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, so overall, what would you give this movie rating was? I think you would give it a three and a half. Because the music is so good and the costumes are amazing. Like, visually it is pleasing, but, like, God, the gender politics. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I I like this movie. I would only give it a three. Because it's just, it it doesn't have great rewatchability yeah. because of that. I mean, I would watch it again, really, for for um, the Milo Roberts character. Just, you know, I've discovered another, uh, like, person to look for in movies, but. Yeah, she was really good in that role. So, uh, it's a shame we wasted our Gene Kelly flick on this. We'll have to <laughs> there will be through. others. We'll, we'll watch other Gene Kelly movies. Um, what's our next movie? Our next movie is going to be My Man Godfrey. Thank cool. you for listening. Thank you. After all, tomorrow is another day.